Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105 FM in Peter Maritzburg. It's SAFM. This is Life Happens. My name is Pimela Modena. In studio is Sheldon Rochalil, who is a PAG candidate um, from the Music Academy, musician, producer, songwriter, and, and, and. Good afternoon. Hi, Pimela. How are you doing? Hi. Happy New Year. And to you too. We no, haven't no, seen no. each other this no, year. No, no, no. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh. <laughs> and that's why we decided on this theme for today, because Whitney is the queen of love, love songs. Yeah. So where do you begin with Whitney Houston? There is so much. Yes. There is just so much. How do you begin to look at the body of work that she has had to offer us and choose what her greatest music is? Well, I, I thought it's so difficult because there are so many good songs. So I thought I would look at love songs number one and I would look at songs that were cover versions. So everyone thinks they're Whitney songs, but they're actually songs that were covered before she even released them. And and so the thing about it, uh, what sets her apart is that her versions mm. stayed with us the longest. Exactly. Um, so, the, for example, the first song, which is Greatest Love of All, um, was originally done in the 1970s by George Benson, and it was included in a, a movie about Muhammad Ali called The Greatest. Um, and actually, that song was the song that Clive Davis heard when before he signed it to a recording deal. He went to a club, and he heard Whitney singing the song at this club, and he was like, wow, this girl, she's the voice. She's got this amazing... That was her nickname, The Voice. And they signed it to a contract, but the song didn't even appear... Well, it appeared on her first album, so they used it on the first album, and it became a huge number one hit single for her. Let's play it, because uh, I think many people know the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because of Whitney Houston. Of course, not because of George Benson. Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all. So, Sheldon, it's the notes, isn't it? It's her being able to hold a note that sets and, her apart. And her interpretation of the song. So her interpretation of the song is, is what, what differentiates her from other singers. It's what made her the huge superstar that she, that she was. So, so has, it something to do, has it something to do with the fact that she has a, a gospel background? Yeah. Is that that? It's that connection with, you know, well, the soul kind of thing. Is, is that as cheesy as that? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the more it's like uh, Gary Player says, the more you do it, the easier it becomes, the practice. She was already uh, a professional backing vocalist at the age of 15. She was singing for Shaka Khan at that time. A lot of it, though, <clears throat> has to do with the fact that when she was brought up singing properly. So, yeah. so, so in other words, she never picked up bad habits because her mom was, her aunt was a musician. Yeah. They were all professionals. Exactly. So she could never have started off. Exactly. And she bad. was mental. I mean, Aretha Franklin yeah. was yeah. her honorary aunt. Yeah. Uh, Darlene Love was her, her godmother. Sissy Houston was is her mom. D- Dionne Warwick and Dee Dee Warwick so are aunt, her cousins. Aunt, cousins yeah. So she had a whole, you know, a whole pedigree of, of, of music. And so, I mean, how can you go wrong? You, you've, been, you've been mentored by these phenomenal musicians. She was surrounded by brilliant musicians all her life. And so she learned the art of improvisation and her mother taught her how to, to, 
to interpret a song and that's what made it so great but i think there's also an innate thing you know it's within the person well she, she was talented yeah 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 <laughs> there there's all of the other things but she she really could sing i think that's the bottom line she at the end sing. of the day you either have it or you don't have it and she had it because sissy houston tried for the longest time and never broke into the mainstream yeah, her mom whereas did, yeah. whereas she did is it a timing thing and and maybe i say that in the sense that yeah, had yeah, yeah. she had she not bumped into the right producer yes or person or been at the right place or at the right club or whatever no one would have ever discovered her but i get a feeling that because of all her connections to the music industry it was an inevitable thing she just needed the skill to be able to take her to the next level it didn't work for her mom it didn't work for her mother didn't at work all for her mom. and interestingly enough the next song that we've chosen um is linked to her mother in an in a weird way. So the next song is I Will Always Love You. And that song, uh, Dolly Parton wrote in 1974. And it was a hit. And it was a number one hit. You would never think yeah. it would be bigger than Dolly Parton's one. I, exactly. Yeah. So the Dolly Parton version was a number one on the country charts. It was a, a going away present to her co-presenter on a TV show. And, um, and Elvis Presley heard the song. And Elvis Presley was like, I want to... I want to do the song. And Dolly Parton was so happy. She was like, oh my gosh, you know, the king of rock and roll wants to do my song, etc., etc." And then he, but he had a policy. His policy was that whatever songs he performed, he bought the rights in the music. And Dolly Parton says, hell no, I'm not giving you the rights to my songs. Anyway, the interesting part and the connection between Whitney and Dolly Parton is that, and Elvis Presley, is that Sissy Houston was Elvis Presley's backing vocalist. No. Yes. <laughs> and so it almost came 100% full circle <laughs> in 1992 yes. when the song was suggested to Whitney uh, for the Bodyguard soundtrack because they had already selected some other song. Yes, and, and I believe it never quite was going to be the song. It was yeah. just kind of iffy, iffy, not sure. Yeah, there exactly. Was, we need something. Yeah. We're and it was sure. like a last minute yes, thing. Yes, very last minute. Because the, th the song that they had chosen was a song called What Becomes of the Broken Hearted, which is a very famous Motown song. But it had already been used in a movie just a few uh, months earlier. So they then decided that they were going to go with I Will Always Love You for the movie. And Whitney didn't really want to do it because she was like, oh, I don't want to do a country song. And Kevin Costner said to her, I think you can add your spice to this. The theory is... The movie would never have been as big had it not been for the song. Well, this song is like one of the biggest selling songs. This is song. the movie. Yeah, yeah. The, so the song is the movie. Yeah, because this song is huge. I mean, people were shooting each other in the United States because the song had been played so many times. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we will be playing that song uh, from Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You, as we go down memory lane and looking at the music of Whitney Houston. So that is I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston. We're on SAFM's Life Happens, and I'm in conversation with Sheldon Rochalev. Um, Sheldon, I, I don't think anybody ever held that note like she had, right? Uh, I, yeah, as many I mean, times it, as people try to sing it. And it's such a long note as yes. well. And um, 
Oh, she's a, I mean, exceptionally talented vocalist. The sad part is, towards the end of her life, she started losing a bit of it. All the cocaine. Oh no, this, this, and this, the voice was gone. Yeah, the voice was was gone at the end. There, yeah. she couldn't sing. Yeah, just ordinary songs. Exactly. I mean, that it was just kind a of a lot of auto tuning on the last album. There was tons of auto tuning. Um, it it wasn't the same Whitney anymore. Which is, I mean, I find her story to be one of the saddest stories ever because she was such a great talent, and it was all wasted away. And I I mean, she is partially responsible for it, but also she was surrounded by a whole lot of people that just put her in the boat and sent sent her down the river. You know, I, What's I think the she could. Story been with her and her manager. He, she's now putting out a, a book, I believe. Oh, who's the lady manager? I don't remember. Oh, uh, Robin Crawford. Ro- Robin. Yes. She wasn't her manager. She was assistant. Her manager was, it was an assistant. Yeah, yes, okay. Her dad. Um, yes. Okay. Her dad was her manager, yeah, yeah. and they had a very tumultuous relationship. Was it the dad relation. or the cousin? The dad. The dad. Okay. John Houston. Okay. He was also Sissy Houston's manager, but Robin Crawford and the whole relationship, which uh, Whitney never admitted to, but they that seemed, was they seemed to be a romantically. Uh, yes, and they were from they were high school friends, yes. and they remained friends for many years. But towards the end of Whitney's life, Robin was. Fired. Yes. So, or and people dismissed. think it was Bobby's fault. Yes, because uh, everyone was very anti um, Whitney Houston. I mean, uh, Robin Crawford. And uh, the the saddest part is uh, they interviewed Sissy Houston after Whitney had died, and they brought up this whole thing about whether or not uh, Whitney was a lesbian. And the mother said she would have turned her back on Whitney had she found out that she was a lesbian, which is the saddest oh, story. How sad is that? Yeah. She must have known. Yeah. She must have known. So what was the brother-in-law's role? Or was it a cousin? There was a, there's a male figure who was also... Was it a security? Well, was it a bodyguard? Who was that guy? I'm not quite not sure. The father, but not I know that there's another story manager. about Gary Houston, who's Whitney's brother. Okay, it's yeah. Gary. And, uh, and that, that he was sexually uh, assaulted by... Uh, Whitney's cousin Didi Warwick and there's stories that Whitney was also sexually assaulted so but Didi Warwick died of drug related issues in the in late 2008 um, approximately and no one really knows what the story is it's all allegations I mean it's sad and it gets sadder and sadder and sadder with Bobby Christina as well I mean it gets really grim like two years later it gets really grim it's very sad it's a very sad story. Uh, and people like to blame Bobby Brown, but do we know? I mean, Bobby claims that Whitney was already doing coke before he even met her. Well, he says she introduced him yeah. to coke. I mean, yeah. That's what, that's what, that's what yeah. he says. But it's easy to say that now that she's not here. And it's difficult because it's easy to see somebody drunk yeah. often than to see them high. Exactly. And we all knew that he drinks a lot. Yeah. And it was obvious that, you know, he's, yeah, the, he's exactly. the alcohol Whereas Whitney guy. was Correct. keeping her stuff together. Should we do one last song? So the last song was a song that was originally released in 1986. And it was a big hit last year. Uh, it was released by this guy called Steve Winwood. It was a much bigger hit for him in the United States than for Whitney. But it was a much bigger hit overall for Whitney. Um, this Norwegian DJ remixed her song. She had originally recorded it for her I'm Your Baby Tonight album. Mm. But it didn't make Not it onto that, the album. Yeah. And then this was released last year, um, Higher Love, and it became this big international hit single. So Higher Love, and, and so this is one of Whitney Houston's successes that she never got to experience. She never got to experience it. The song was originally included in the Japanese version of I'm Your Baby Tonight album. 
and uh, they never thought it was going to be worth anything so they never pushed it and then last year it was uh, what was that choir the the global choir yeah the youth choir that used the song and it just helped propel this song into greater success it was amazing to see whitney back on the charts again but it's a very sad story i find the whitney houston story very very sad Ach no yeah we're ending on a very sad note. I know, for Valentine's Day. I've been listening to Whitney the whole week. You know, it was the anniversary of her death on Tuesday. No, I had no On the same day that Joseph Shabalala died. Okay, well, there, there you go. There you go. What a day. Thank you so much, for Robin, for coming through. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, everybody. It's three o'clock.